my goodness, literally 30 seconds, uh, 45 seconds before the show starts, UPS shows up. I've waved signature. They still want a signature. <laughs> Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Y'all, I, I, so I, I'm living the supply chain crisis. We have, we have a real supply chain crisis. It is affecting me directly and personally. I ordered a new Christmas tree. Now you'll say, Erickson, why don't you have a real Christmas tree? I want a real Christmas tree. I love real Christmas trees. Real Christmas trees do not love me. I am very allergic to real Christmas trees. And I used to not be, but as I've gotten older, um, if I touch them, I break out into hives and it gets, it's gotten worse. The older I've gotten, the more allergic to them I've gotten. So I had to, I've, we've got to have a fake tree in my house. I bought a really expensive one a decade ago and it lasted for 10 years. And it's finally, it, it won't stand straight anymore. And the lights are partially not working. So I ordered an expensive tree that will last me a decade. And it showed up yesterday. It was not supposed to be here until December 23rd, which I was already fretting about. And then they sent me a note and said, don't worry, we'll have it there sooner. We'll have it there December 1st. And then it showed up yesterday. Friends, I set up my new Christmas tree. It's a 10 foot tall balsam for noble fir, rather not balsam, noble fir Christmas tree. And I have one quarter of a tree. I have the bottom, I have the stand and, and, and the base about, it looks like the butt of a tree. That's what I've got. It's about three feet tall and that's it. I do not have the rest of the tree. They do not know when the rest of the tree will be here. They assumed all of the pieces of the tree would show up together. Nope. I've got like, like Christmas shrubbery. <laughs> oh, they're, 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 they're looking. Um, I, I just, uh, my goodness, <laughs> but of a Christmas tree, it's not even a Charlie Brown Christmas tree, at least with a Charlie Brown Christmas tree, there's a bottom and a top and one ornament. This one, it's just all fanned out the bottom of it. Uh, okay. We, we, we've got to, we got to move on. Um, I, I'm, we know the Chris Cuomo story before I get there. I do need to tell you the stock market is crashing today not because of the COVID situation and uh, not Omicron, Joe Biden, Omicron. You can tell who is familiar with Greek life or not by how they say it. It's not the virus. The reason the market is, is going down is Jerome Powell, the head of the Federal Reserve, has testified before Congress today and has said we need to stop talking about inflation as transitory. I've told y'all it wasn't transitory. It was going to last for a while. It's not transitory. It's going to be here for a while. Not only is it going to be here for a while, he said, but the Federal Reserve is probably going to speed up its plans to raise interest rates. Raising interest rates slows down the economy. Now, the Biden team has been telling us this is a supercharged economy. So Jerome Powell is coming out and saying he's going to slow the economy down by raising interest rates. Now, that's doom and gloom for the Democrats. Why? Because when you start raising interest rates, about a year after interest rates go up, you tend to have a recession. They want to slow down the economy now because of inflation. They're really concerned about inflation. In fact, there's some talk of hyperinflation in some markets. Beef prices are up 30% in a single month for a variety of factors. The Biden administration is now, get this, 
the Biden administration is now going to impose further regulations on the oil and gas industry in order to curtail their ability to pump out raw oil from the ground in North America. At a time they say they're concerned about gas prices, why are they doing this? Because they want to push you further towards the electric market more quickly. The problem is that by doing this, they're going to further curtail an already limited supply, which is going to raise prices further, which is going to what? Cause more inflation. As more food prices go up, because part of food prices that you're dealing with right now is transportation costs. Part of the transportation costs are the costs related to fuel. And get this, I don't know if you're aware of this or not. There are no battery-powered 18-wheelers in America. And even if there were, they would be getting their power off the power grid. And guess what? California has decided to wind down some nuclear power plants and focus more on renewables, which is not baseload power and cannot be summoned at the flip of a switch, which is going to cause further strain. If you were to get Americans more over to uh, electrics right now, you don't have the power grid to support it. You genuinely actually don't. The math does not work for switching us all to electric-powered vehicles right now. All of these are coming to a head as Democrats are trying to steer us towards their agenda as quickly as possible. Joe Manchin now saying, hold on on Build Back Better. Let's not do it until next year. This is not just becoming an economic crisis for us. It's becoming a major political crisis for the Democrats. And the Democrats are thinking um, we're going to be wiped out. You now have more Democrats retiring from Congress than you had in 2010. That's a problem. Now, are you hearing a lot about this in the media? Probably not. Very much like the the Waukesha matter. And I want to spend a little bit of time on this. We'll get to Chris Cuomo here because it ties into this. Just over a week ago, Daryl Brooks drove his car into the Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin. CNN wants you to know a car did it. NPR wants you to know it was a holiday parade. Actually, it very explicitly was branded as a Christmas parade, despite what NPR said. One Sunday after Daryl Brooks drove his car into the crowd, the Sunday shows were more fixated on Donald Trump, January 6th, and the Omicron variant of COVID. You would never know the situation in Waukesha even happened. News outlets around the country are more and more concerned about the political narrative and what it does to help or hurt the Democrats or help or hurt the Republicans than they are about the news of the day and the fact patterns. And they've gotten a lot of it wrong. The Kyle Rittenhouse situation on CNN, I played you the audio of the lady on CNN the other day who was saying, we we didn't know this stuff about Kyle Rittenhouse. We, We didn't know that he legally was allowed to carry that gun before the trial started. Actually, every conservative did. We knew what the law was in Wisconsin and we were talking about it. We didn't know that Kyle Rittenhouse was getting bashed in the head with a skateboard. Actually, we did. There was video evidence. We all saw it before the trial. They just chose not to. We didn't know he went across state lines or didn't go across state lines with a gun, actually. People are still saying he went across state lines. It doesn't matter. He was actually there for a job in in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and his 
father and his grandparents, his aunt and uncles lived there, and he stayed over for a job and decided to help, and the gun was already there. A, a lot of these facts, not all of them, but a lot of them, conservatives knew what we're talking about, but the media's like, oh, we had no idea because they didn't pay attention and they got it wrong. Nick Sandman was not the aggressor at the pro-life March for Life rally in Washington, D.C., that poor kid from Covington Catholic School in Kentucky was vilified by the American press score and got a lot of money in settlements as a result because they vilified him, a private citizen, claiming he was an aggressive uh, person against a Native American activist who himself was the aggressor. Had they bothered to watch the video instead of jumping to conclusions because the kid had a MAGA cap on, they would have realized it. The steel dossier, it turns out, was a Clinton uh, plant from Fusion GPS, a Democratic uh, hit job operation. Jesse Smollett really was not attacked by Donald Trump supporters. In fact, his trial is going on now. It turns out in the trial, one of the pieces of evidence that's come out is the police say he walked, he, he actually did a trial run with his Nigerian trainers the day before. They got it all on security footage. They were there the day before during a trial run, a practice, so that they could get all their movements right. He is an actor after all. Even now, the media is suggesting that Roe versus Wade if it's overturned by the Supreme Court, we'll ban abortion in America, which actually is not true. In fact, you know what we'll get? The status quo. If the Supreme Court returns abortion to the states, the status quo will be preserved. States themselves will decide. Most abortions are performed in progressive states already that will keep abortion. Time and again, the media gets the narrative wrong on these things. The problem here is the media needs some self-reflection and they don't even know they need the self-reflection. The herd mentality in the media is causing them to screw up on these basic things. Look at the, the way they all rushed out on the Omicron stuff. Uh, the New York Times has a story out today that perhaps, perhaps, maybe the um, COVID antibody treatment won't work as well for COVID, for the Omicron variant. Regenerate says they're not sure. The New York Times did an entire story that is speculative about whether or not Regeneron will work on Omicron. They have no data on which to say anything, and yet they're doing this story. It's all fear and panic. Now, when you talk about these things, a lot of people on the left will say, you know, the media is more than just the media. Look at Fox News. It's dominant. And it's the media is made up of people. It's not individual, and they're right. Fox News is inarguably the largest news network out there. But Fox News is not where most Americans get their news. You know where most Americans get their world news? For 30 minutes every night on ABC, CBS, and NBC, at 6.30 Eastern, there's a news broadcast. And that's where most Americans still get their news, ABC, CBS, and NBC. And where do ABC, CBS, and NBC get most of what they put together on the news? From the front pages of the New York Times and the Washington Post. The newspapers actually increasingly focus on their left-of-center subscribers. They're trying to make money in the digital age, so they go after their left-wing subscribers. And Fox, as one outlet, has the most individual viewers, but combined, ABC, CBS, NBC, CNBC, CNN, MSNBC, they get more viewers than Fox. The New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, USA Today, and the Washington Post, not to mention places like Politico and Axios, help shape the news coverage of those news networks, and they tend to lean left. Let's just take Barack Obama's administration as an example. 
When Barack Obama was president, Jay Carney left from Time Magazine, their senior political writer, to be what? The spokesman, the the press secretary for the Obama administration, who replaced him in Joe Biden's office? Because he went from Time to Joe Biden's office originally before he went to Obama. Who replaced him in Joe Biden's office? Shyla Murray. Who is she? She was a reporter for the Washington Post. In fact, I'll tell you, when I pointed out Shyla Murray from the Washington Post went over to Joe Biden's office to replace Jay Carney of Time Magazine, who went to uh, be the press secretary, I suggested, you know, maybe we should question the reporting of her husband, Neil King. Neil King was a political reporter for the Wall Street Journal at the time. And he reached out to me by email, was highly offended by it, and said just because his wife was a partisan did not mean he could not be fair in politics. I said Neil King was at the Wall Street Journal. You know where he is now? Fusion GPS, the place that brought you the Steele dossier. Linda Douglas went from ABC News to be the propaganda czar for the Obama administration selling Obamacare. She left there. Where'd she go? The Atlantic. Jill Zuckman was a reporter for the Chicago Tribune. She went to work for the Transportation Department under Obama. Doug France of the Washington Post went to the Obama State Department. Stephen Barr of the Washington Post went to the Obama Labor Department. Jonathan Allen, the senior political writer for the Politico, went to work for Debbie Wasserman Schultz, left and went back to the Politico, then went to the DNC, then went to NBC News and is now at Fox. That's just the Obama administration. Jim Scudo, who worked for Barack Obama, is now an anchor on CNN, along with Valerie Jarrett's daughter. The media needs a little bit of self-reflection here. It's harder and harder to trust news coverage because they increasingly pounce on Republicans, take Democratic talking points, and they're focused on people who live in New York and Washington, not the rest of America. Chris Saliza of CNN This Morning is ridiculing Fox for covering the Jesse Smollett trial while every other network, according to Chris Saliza, is covering COVID right now. The ratings speak for themselves. The media has become less tolerant of other people's views and of news does not that does not conform to the Democratic bubble. A week ago, Daryl Brooks drove his Ford Escape SUV into a Christmas parade, killing six, injuring over 40. It was not ever on the front page of the New York Times and off of the lead stories of every single news outlet except Fox within 24 hours, and then only cropped up to correct the record where all of those outlets claimed he had actually been fleeing the scene of a crime and he hadn't, and they had to correct the record. The story disappeared as quickly as the media's curiosity about Brooks's motives, even though the police at his arraignment testified there's evidence it was willful and intentional. The media these days is obsessed with Donald Trump being a... a tyrant, a despot, anti-democratic. You know, a democratic country, a free country, needs a free press. We don't have a free press in this country. We have a group of people who are sympathetic to the Democratic Party who are slaves to the progressive narrative. They themselves are helping undermine our democracy, our republic, as much as they say Donald Trump is, and they don't even realize it.
My wife was so excited when Bull and Branch became an advertiser because she'd been wanting some of their sheets. And guess what? They sent them. Not only did they send them, but we've got a very thick mattress and they're deep pocketed sheets. So they don't snap off in the middle of the night like some sheets and they haven't shrunk. They've gotten softer the more you've washed them, the more we've washed them, but they don't shrink up. So they snap off the bed. Look, there are a lot of cyber deals out there this week, and so many of them, you're getting like the TV with minus the HDMI port you want, stuff like that. With Bull & Branch, you get what actually Bull & Branch sells, and they're a great team. Scott and uh, Missy Tannen, they're the founders of Bull & Branch. It's a small business, but they have taken off around the United States through smart advertising, but smart advertising connected to a superior, great product. Their signature hymn sheets are an all-time bestseller. So many reasons. They're so soft. They get softer over time, and they don't shrink freak up. They're great. This Cyber Week, gift your loved one the best sleep of their lives or treat yourself with Bowl & Branch. Their holiday packaging, their famously soft sheets, pl- pillows, blankets, many more. They make a difference everybody can feel. You get 25% off now through December 2nd with their best offer of the year at bowlandbranch.com. That's 25% off at B-O-L-L and branch.com. Exclusions may apply. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. Uh, real quick, I want to do something. Um, uh, do you have, I want to turn on my recorder for posterity on this one. Have you ever heard of the drug Celebrex? Celebrex? Anybody? Uh, what about Dilantin? Or Diflucane? Or diazepam. I'm sure you've heard of diazepam. A lot of people have heard of that. Celebrex is probably one of the biggest ones that you've heard of. But wait, there are more. There are more. Um, I'm going through the list. This is important. Just bear with me here. Of all the drugs out there, Celebrex, various other drugs like that, uh, relax, uh, Revatio, Revatio is one, um, and magnesium sulfate, you know, magnesium sulfate, you know who the largest producer of magnesium sulfate is? Well, my point here is that these are all drugs produced by Pfizer. Pfizer produces all these drugs. Now, some like erythromycin are drugs that anyone can produce, but what about Zoloft? Zoloft, a lot of you know Zoloft. Zoloft is produced by Pfizer. It holds the patents on Pfizer. It also holds the patents on Celebrex. It also holds the patents on uh, Lomatil. It holds the patents on Lorbrina. It holds the patents on, I'm just going through their list right now, trying to make a point here. Ogen is another one it holds a patent on. Pfizer makes the majority of its money on arthritis medicines and cancer pills and over-the-counter medicines. Pfizer does not actually make a ton of its profits from its COVID vaccine. And yet, on the right, conspiracy theorists believe that Pfizer has a financial incentive to keep COVID going on because as long as COVID goes on, it'll make profits. Actually, Pfizer's been around since the 1800s. It was doing quite well before COVID broke out. And you know, uh, as long as COVID's broken out, a lot of elective surgeries that require Pfizer's medicines are put off 
So it's not actually making money off of a lot of its other drugs. I know it's easy to believe the conspiracy theory that Pfizer and Moderna require COVID to perpetuate in order for people to buy their vaccines in order for the companies to make money. But Pfizer's been around since the late 1800s. It makes more money off of Celebrex than it does off the COVID vaccine. And yet people want to believe the conspiracy theory because it's easier to believe than to think. I would like to just say hi to the folks at the hospital in Louisiana where my father is in the waiting room and apparently my sister made him turn me off because I was so loud coming across the live stream uh, where my mother is is (laughs) having a procedure done and... (laughs) (laughs) My sister had to make him turn me off. So, hi, I assume I'm turned back on now. Um, Thank you for listening in Louisiana. Hi, Dad. (laughs) All right. I got to move on. Um, Let me talk about the Chris Cuomo stuff. This is actually pretty big news. The New York Times is ready now to finish off the Cuomo brothers. The New York Times actually broke a lot of the news stories that brought down Andrew Cuomo's administration, and now they've turned their sights to Chris, uh, the supposedly nonpartisan anchor at CNN. Chris Cuomo is a Democratic partisan. My gosh, his father was the Democratic governor of New York, and his brother was the Democratic governor of New York. Of course he's a Democrat. Uh, I went to Patsy's one time in New York City with Roger Ailes. Patsy's is a great Italian restaurant. In fact, the very first time I ever went to Patsy's, I went because I texted Rush and said, I've never really eaten in New York before. Where should I go for like an authentic Italian meal in New York? He said, Patsy's. So I went to Patsy's and turns out it was one of Roger Ailes' favorite places. He would sit in the back on the first floor with his back to everybody so they wouldn't know it was him. And I went with him and he was telling me stories. He's trying to lure me over to Fox News from CNN. And it worked. He said that Chris Cuomo, about the time I was leaving CNN, when I was having these discussions with Roger, Chris Cuomo was headed to CNN from ABC News, where, again, he was supposedly an an objective anchor, like George Stephanopoulos, you know, who actually does his job better than Chris Cuomo. So Cuomo, apparently, according to Roger Ailes, had several times called Roger Ailes and begged to have Roger Ailes fire Alan Combs and put him up against Sean Hannity because Chris Cuomo did not believe Alan Combs did justice to the progressive side of things when you had Hannity and Combs. And Roger was laughing that uh, ABC News and CNN will both portray Chris Cuomo as some independent Uh, nonpartisan, objective journalist when he's a partisan hack. And he wanted nothing to do with him at Fox News because of that. He didn't think it was honest. Um, You know, Roger Ailes actually thought very highly of Rachel Maddow, thought she did a very good job, but insisted she had to stop wearing glasses, uh, that it would would, um, mess with the trust factor for her. This is an interesting conversation. He's a very interesting guy, Roger Ailes was. Uh, But Chris Cuomo moved over to CNN. Now, last year, CNN allowed him to have his brother, Andrew Cuomo, on almost every night, this buddy-buddy show, and it helped Chris Cuomo's ratings. People would tune in for the Chris Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo show. While this was going on, Andrew Cuomo was allowing a whole lot of people to die needlessly in New York. While this was going on, Andrew Cuomo was engaged in a cover-up 
about what his administration was doing and not doing related to COVID. And while this was going on, Andrew Cuomo was engaged in sexual uh, harassment of women. And when finally reporters had enough of it and started asking about the conflict of interest, at first CNN said people need something uplifting in these times. And then they started promoting Andrew Cuomo as maybe a viable alternative to Donald Trump. And that was about the time, finally, uh, Zucker at CNN said, okay, maybe it's enough. Everyone knew there was a conflict of interest, and everyone knew he wasn't going to ask his brother tough questions. What we did not know is that Chris Cuomo was behind the scenes as the stories broke about his brother's treatment of women, helping his brother, advising his brother, and trading dirt on and seeking to acquire information about his accusers. Now, when the story broke and it came out that Chris Cuomo had done some help with his brother, he was instructed by CNN that he wasn't allowed to talk about the topic at all. So last night on television, after this big New York Times story broke, Chris Cuomo never even addressed the topic. He's not allowed to. But CNN were was willing to make money off of and increase its ratings with the Chris Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo show, and will probably now discard Chris Cuomo because of this conflict of interest and what he did to help his brother against his brother's accusers, which is so ironic because Tuggan Tubin was allowed to stay after, after Tuggan on himself on a Zoom call, but Chris Cuomo probably will not be allowed to stay over this. I have a hard time seeing that uh, Jeff Zucker keeps him, particularly given Jeff Zucker's baggage already with Matt Lauer from NBC. Maybe he will. Now, I want to say a couple of things here, and you got to listen to the whole thing because out of the gate, I may rock the boat with some of you who are just diehard, unforgiving partisans. I kind of appreciate, no, I don't even kind of, I actually do appreciate that Chris Cuomo has his brother's back. I appreciate the loyalty. I find there to be something admirable in a way about one brother having another brother's back. You're going to the mats, risking your career to help your brother. I, I kind of I kind of like that. The problem, though, is what was he trying to help his brother avoid? The charges of sexual harassment, groping, and otherwise mistreatment of women in his office. If anything, Chris Cuomo being his brother should have said, uh, hey, man, Repent. But Chris Cuomo was willing to help his brother instead hold on to power and risk losing his own power to hold his brother onto power. And it wasn't successful and will probably bring him down. So, yeah, I, I, I totally get and appreciate a brother having another brother's back. But also the corollary there is that uh, you are your brother's keeper. Only Kane decided he wasn't his brother's keeper. You are your brother's keeper. And you should be providing some sort of um, moral good and, and force and cajoling for your brother instead of helping him cover up and defend against the allegations of bad treatment. Now, I'm sure he loves his brother and he, and he couldn't conceive of his brother doing what he actually said. And it looks like from the documentation. Chris Cuomo might not have ever believed it because it was his brother, but he's also a journalist. Is there any skepticism there? That's part of the problem. 
The larger problem here, though, is something else. CNN never seemed to have a problem with Chris Cuomo being explicitly not only a partisan, but a bit of a bully, too, and not that bright. Chris Cuomo in the past has tried to to drag Jake Tapper into a fight against Chuck Todd at NBC over ratings and the like. Uh, a, a fight, and by the way, if you, if you know Tapper and, and Todd, they're friends. Uh, and it just the, the guy is his, he's never seemed to be quite there. And then you find out about his COVID treatments, and he was taking bleach baths at his wife's behest at the same time he wanted to ridicule Donald Trump for talking about the use of bleach. Now, over exaggerated by the media, the media claiming Donald Trump was suggesting people ingest the bleach, which he never did. And it's just, it's a weird setup. And then, of course, you know, they staged the the comeback for Chris Cuomo that he had been in quarantine over COVID, except he hadn't. There was video evidence of Chris Cuomo breaking his quarantine as he harassed a passerby who wanted to mask up and be inside while he was, he was technically supposed to be quarantined for COVID. CNN has allowed Chris Cuomo over time to behave and operate under different rules from everyone else because he got them ratings. And Chris Cuomo took advantage of that and then also did a lot of unethical things by helping his brother, who was a major news story, when he shouldn't have. And again, I appreciate the loyalty there, but if you're a journalist and you are a lead anchor on CNN, you can't do that. And he should have known better, and he didn't. And he thought he could get away with it. The problem here ultimately is that Andrew and Chris Cuomo's behavior over time has both been the behavior of two privileged, entitled, elite kids whose dad had a lot of power. And they could get away with stuff because daddy was the big shot, longtime governor of New York, would be presidential candidate who never ran. And the entitlement shows it's not privilege. It's entitlement for these two. They've acted routinely as if they were entitled to things by virtue of who their daddy was. Daddy's not now there to save them, and their power's gone. But this is sort of the epitome of the press, that that a guy like Chris Cuomo could be treated as an objective anchor at ABC and CNN. George Stephanopoulos can be treated as an objective anchor at ABC and, to be fair to George, over time. While I definitely think he's of the left, he's no worse than anyone else on the left in the media. He's not explicitly partisan. I think he's less partisan than where Chris Cuomo has been. But the media does this revolving door with the Democrats and Democratic interests in a way they never would with Republicans. And they say, well, you got Fox. Yeah, but you got everybody else. You got every other institution in the media. You know, CNN hired Valerie Jarrett's daughter. In fact, I've been told by several people there, they booted out a white guy to make a place for Valerie Jarrett's daughter. Had to diversify the crowd. So you got Valerie Jarrett's daughter. You've got Jim Scudo at CNN, who also worked for Barack Obama. You've got Chris Cuomo, who's a Democratic partisan. Where are the conservatives at CNN who are the actual anchors? Where where, where are the conservative-leaning anchors at CNN? They, they don't have any. They don't hire them. They fired all the Trump supporters. They've got Scott Jennings, who does a great job. Scott Jennings is a good dude. He does a great job defending Republicans, but I think he may be the only one now. All of the other people who are explicitly Republican at CNN are explicitly there to attack the Republicans. And this is a larger problem with the American press corps, and it drives 
disinformation, misinformation, and people going down rabbit holes as they go seeking for alternate information. And this is the most important point here, is that there's an entire world of disinformation, misinformation, and echo chamber confirmation bias on the right in the same way there is on the left online. And a lot of people on the right go looking for it because they know they can't trust the mainstream news outlets anymore. So they go looking for news and they wind up finding stuff that tells them what they want to hear. So I had this crazy old man. Uh, I woke up on Thanksgiving. The, the, I'm, I'm assuming he's not very stable because on Thanksgiving, he spent his day attacking me on Twitter as being a corrupt crook. Went after uh, my buddy Neil Bortz, who used to be on WSB and national syndication as well for defending me all about the election nonsense. And I just, I this guy clearly believes things that aren't true because he went down the rabbit holes to confirmation bias to the people who told him things. as just, just, he was a little bit nutty. I've ignored him. I feel bad for the guy. Uh, and a lot of people on the left and the right do this these days. They go for confirmation bias. And I can understand why, in particular on the right, people do it because they know explicitly they can't trust a network that would hire a Chris Cuomo or a Jim Scudo or a Valerie Jarrett's daughter and pretend that they're objective. You can't trust an ABC News that regularly hires people on the left and caters socially and politically to people on the left that is sympathetic to the left-wing view of the world or CBS or NBC. NBC with MSNBC, how far left it's gone. The number of activist progressives who they try to maintain as some sort of uh, objective people, and they're not. And it breeds a contempt for the media at a time we need a free, fair, and honest press to cover everything because people are moving into their tribal camps for information where all we do is we're told all the time that what we believe is already right. And I got to tell you, if we're all sinners, none of us are infallible. And sometimes the things we believe aren't actually the way we believe them. And yet we get told by our own side that what we believe is true in exactly the way we believe it. That's not healthy for any of us to do. I try to challenge myself all the time now on what is and isn't true. And when I get it wrong, I try to correct it. But it's harder and harder to do that as even I am less and less willing to engage with and believe the otherwise purportedly mainstream media sources who I know have a progressive worldview. And again, it's not just what they're telling us. It's also what they're not telling us and how they're telling us stuff that matters. And they have no willingness to self-reflect on any of this, a problem that they themselves are helping make worse, even as they scream, but Trump, but Trump. I want to scream to you, but Eden Pure, but Eden Pure, Eden Pure has a great air purifier, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Not only does it take out the bacteria, the mold, the mildew that's floating around in your house, not only does it clean the air, it also gets rid of the odors. So if you do a fish fry in your house, you can plug one of these up in the kitchen. And by the way, they're small. You can fit it in your hand. You can plug it into your wall outlet and it'll help clean the air. I use them in our kitchen because we don't have a, an exhaust vent anymore and it works and you can get a three pack right now. In fact, you can get a three pack. You can get three of them for yourself or you can get three of them. You save $200 and then you divide them up and give one to each of three people and you've taken care of Christmas for some people. In fact, they got this Christmas special offer. You save $200 on the Eden Pure Thunderstorm three pack. So you'll get three units for under $200, saving $200, and you get free shipping. It's a great gift. What you do is you go to EdenPureDeals.com. You'll see my name, Eric Erickson. You click on my name, 
And then you'll see the Eden Pure 3-pack, uh, the Thunderstorm 3-pack. You put it in your cart, and at checkout, there's a discount code box. You put in ERIC3, the number 3, not the word, ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, 3, no space. You will save $200 on this 3-pack of, of the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You will get all three of them for less than $200, and you will get free shipping, EdenPureDeals.com. Put ERIC3 in at checkout. I mentioned this a little bit yesterday. Matthew McConaughey, the actor, has decided not to run for governor of Texas. He had uh, dangled it out there, and it allowed something very interesting to happen. Um, And it's something that I have seen in the past, particularly with people like Barack Obama. When you introduce someone, we, we live in an age of dynamic personalities and cults of personality. And this to some degree happened with Sarah Palin back in the day. It happened with Donald Trump. It's happened with Obama and it's happening with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and, and a few others. Less so her though, as she's so transparent on social media, but people see a candidate. They don't really know about the candidate, but that candidate sparks something in, in them and they pour their hopes and dreams and ambitions into that candidate as an empty vessel. That candidate becomes whatever they themselves want. And in Matthew McConaughey in Texas, it became a a candidate who could beat Greg Abbott from the left, who was actually, in his words, a radical centrist. So it wouldn't rock the boat too much for business interests in Texas, among other things. But McConaughey said a few things along the way that, that ruffled progressive others, such as he doesn't think his kids need the COVID vaccine. Can't have that. All of a sudden, he's a skeptic, a man who advocated uh, for the COVID vaccine but doesn't think his kids need it, suddenly demonized. McConaughey has decided not to run for governor of Texas. This happens all the time with celebrities in particular where someone gets floated as running for governor or president or something, and you, you see it happen. Remember Bob Iger? The CEO of Disney, oh my gosh, all sorts of Hollywood types uh, fluffing him up over the idea that he might run for president. He himself claimed at one point to entertain the idea. Michael Bloomberg did it, and it was a disaster. But they believe their press. McConaughey, thankfully, did not believe his press. Thankfully for him. I don't think he could have won. Uh, oftentimes, when celebrities start doing this, what you see is a a uh, the sharks of the, of the grifting community who call themselves political consultants, descend on the candidate, take all their money and run with the losing candidate. Uh, but McConaughey right now is is a beloved actor. People on the left, right, and center like him. The moment Matthew McConaughey stakes out a public policy position, he alienates some of his fan base. And each public policy position he takes alienates more of his fan base. Just ask Arnold Schwarzenegger. Same thing would happen with McConaughey. So it was smart of him for his acting career not to run. When we come back, we're going to shift gears. I'll take your phone calls, 877-973-7425. And also, let's talk about the Dobbs case before the Supreme Court arguing tomorrow while we'll be on air. I'll tell you what it is and explain abortion law in America. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business, First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. 
That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan. Say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com. 